friend, and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, queen of burnout and sass, mother of dragons, your colleague in medicine, coach in life, Dr. freaking Aaron Weizman. And today I'm speaking with Dr. Robin Ellie Hay. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know I've mentioned her several times. And if you listened last week, you got to hear her do a meditation. So she's my guest this week, and we are talking about happiness, and we kind of just have just a good old conversation over Zoom. So glad that we got it recorded and here for you to listen. So I hope what you walk away with some pearls. And as always, friend, I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to the podcast. I'm going to call you my mentor because you all the time have been such a great support for me. I've name dropped you so many times. I'm so glad you're here on the podcast, Dr. Robin Alley Hay. Thank you for having me, Erin Wiseman. Absolutely. Well, tell the people a little bit about yourself and the magic you're putting out into the world. Well, I'm a physician coach, and I also work with a nonprofit that goes to the Indian Himalayas to provide Western medicine to Tibetan Buddhists there. Absolutely. And you haven't been able to do that because of COVID. Is that going to open back up again, you think? Yeah, we're hoping. We're we're putting off buying tickets until April 1st. To see. Just to be safe. But yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we're going to kick the can around today talking about happiness, catching up with Robin, seeing what she's doing in the world. Like I said, she... She came into my life when I read an article. It was on one of the social media platforms. I can't remember which one, but she described an experience where she felt like during in practice that it was just so deep and that she was so scared to tell anyone about her mental health that it wasn't until you retired that you actually got really vocal about all of that. And I was so touched by that story that I just like sent you an email immediately. I remember that. And we set up a time to talk. And then after that, we decided that we are BFFs because we both have some of the the shared favorite F words in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely so, the F words. I can't remember which article. Do you remember which story? It was on your blog, I think. I don't even think it was like published big time yet. Well, it's probably the story about shame. How I experienced shame. Yeah. And being shamed in medicine. And I think it was, it was when you were talking about like interviewing for a residency position. Oh, that was the one you read. Yeah. That was crazy. That was like being told that I wouldn't even be interviewed because I had kids. Yeah. Yeah. That was one. Or it might've been, I've read so many of your stuff. They're slurring together. Or it might've been the one you were talking about the deep depression you had been through as well. Yeah, I talk about that quite a bit. <laughs> I know. I don't anyway, want there. it was very touching. And it's a suggestion to anybody who's listening. Like, if you read something on the internet and it really touches you, like, reach out to those people. I love it when people reach out to me and we have a real conversation and they're a real person. I mean, I've made so many amazing friends and connections just by sending an email and saying, like, that moved me. And you're one of those people, Robin. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And so you've been doing this coaching thing for a little while. You've been doing the retirement thing for a little while. Tell me, tell me how it's going. Cause your transition 
out of medicine was prior to COVID and like prior to all, you know, the stuff that we're dealing with now, but it was still tumultuous, right? Oh yeah, it was. I mean, your identity is all part of being a doctor. And um, so I felt like really useless for a while, but I love coaching so much. And I, I went through a coaching program myself and just found so much freedom on the other side of that three to freedom to be myself and to be authentic and um, know that everything's going to be okay. I mean, it was amazing. I've dealt with depression and I've been to lots of therapists and I still deal with depression and on medication, but somehow the coaching for me just removed barriers to happiness, basically that I had through limiting beliefs and, and like that. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about happiness today. That's, and you know what? Store-bought serotonin is just as good as the stuff in our brain, don't you think? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. No, I think that's been one thing. So, you know, my FQHC is embedded within a mental health organization. So with therapists right. and psychiatrists and stuff. And within the first month of me being there, it was a realization for myself of, why is it okay for me to give these medicines to my patients? And I really care about them. And I really think these medicines will help them. But what is it about not being able to accept that my help, that help for me personally? And so I think that is something we have to analyze as a physician, especially around antidepressants and prescription medication. Like we think we don't need that. Or like for me, it was ego. But I know after like finding a great uh, physician personally for myself to take care of, I'm doing so much better. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I don't know, you know, like where I practice, they'd actually ask you if you're on any medications or being treated for depression or other, other conditions. And I got to tell you, I lied mm-hmm. because yeah, it so was, many of those states do that. Yeah. The state did it and the hospital itself did it. And, you know, it was kind of like, okay, I'm stable. And I would be the first person that if, if I wasn't stable would be like, okay, I can't do this, but I am stable. And it's like none of their effing business, really, as long as you're stable and you're able to see patients, but that's too bad because I was scared to death, scared to death to go to a a psychiatrist. And, uh, you know, I went off the record, obviously. Yeah. And so many of us do. And like I said, it's been a finding this position. I've bragged about it multiple times on the podcast, but finding this, this position that I'm absolutely in love with, you know, and working with mental health providers who prioritize that. I mean, I wave the physician burnout flag, you know what I mean, as far as for wellness and all of that, but actually working within an organization that normalizes therapy, normalizes mental health gives you resources to debrief and to go meet with other professionals. And it's, it's been awesome. But, and it's such a shame that on the physician side that we have to be so scared because really it could take away our, even though we know doctoring is not our whole being, it can take away a large chunk of, oh, yeah. of what makes us up. And I mean, our incomes. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it's changing there's actually a group of physicians that are working to deal with the fact that those questions are even on applications for licensure and for privileges at hospitals. They're really lobbying for that to change. Yeah, because I think it goes back to our 
our central thing we're talking about is like happiness. Why do we allow ourselves to live in such an unhappy, unhealthy state for the sacrifice of three questions on a questionnaire? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. For me, there was no choice. You know, it was that or or die, basically. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about that, because your pursuit of happiness has looked like a lot of different forms. (laughs) And, you know, most recently, you know, like rekindling your love of medicine through Tibet. Yeah, it's actually in the Indian Himalayas, but it's Tibetan. That's all right, because it's confusing, because they're Tibetan Buddhists um, that live, you know, in these geographically isolated areas. And when I set up a a cervical cancer screening clinic, and the people in front of me, they have no Western medicine. And there's people, I mean, there's vitamin deficiencies, there's intestinal worms, there's arthritis, there's cataracts, there's all of this, because they're isolated, and they don't get to the doctor, right? But they come in, and they're just an individual in front of you. And they were so loving. And they were happy. I mean, they spend most of their winter inside because it gets to like 40, 60 below, something like that during the winter. And they're happy people, you know, so just being around them um, helped me see that compassion like up close and personal. Yeah. So like, I know that you said it was really powerful the first time you went over there and you started doing, you thought you were just going over to, you know, give your medical services and do right. cervical cancer screening. But like what you took home with you was this, if I remember correctly, like this, it's like the scales got peeled off your eyes to like what happiness actually can be. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I got so much more from the patients than they got from me is how I feel about it. And, you know, we did help people. We were invited in and and the families, you know, just their, their pure joy of living. And they sit up in that par- part of the world. I think of them as sitting up there and they pray for all of us. So, you know, there's something about being compassionate that makes you happy. And that's part of their practice is to pray for all sentient beings. You know, and I talk a lot on here about self-compassion because I feel like that has been a huge ingredient in my recipe to recovering from burnout. And I know we've talked about that too, as far as compassion. If you can't show compassion to yourself, you're not really truly showing compassion to other people as well. And it's so interesting that our brain, happiness is so hard for our brain. It's easy to have anxiety. It's easy to have fear. It's easy to have anger. Like there's no master classes out there that are like, learn how to be anxious in five easy steps. (laughs) Learn how to be fearful. Yeah. Like that comes in our auto programming, but somehow like compassion and happiness, like there's a million bazillion self-help books out there on that. What's your thoughts on why why happiness is hard for humans? I think a lot of it has to do with our stress-driven lives and the fact that we're in a sympathetic state, you know, as far as an autonomic state, which there's a parasympathetic and there's a sympathetic. And the sympathetic is like, oh, shit, I better run or I'm going to be eaten by a tiger. But we're like in that all the time. And so it also has us not see the big picture, right? That was what was happening with me in medicine. All I saw was right in front of me, not the bigger picture. 
picture of being a whole. So I think those are things that are in our way in this society. And then personally, happiness is something I forget. Like you said, it's like we're programmed to be fearful. I've got that. I mean, like I'm nervous right now, but sometimes we forget to be happy and to be light, to not be so significant. Mm-hmm. So that's a practice to play. I was watching my kids the other day. They were literally picking up sticks in our backyard and, you know, they had sword fights and they were, you know, like doing this and that with sticks, you know, and yeah, the joy and happiness from that. Yeah, absolutely. And so from your travels, it obviously impacted you for the first time and you keep going back. Mm -hmm. What is it with happiness that how you keep it going between your trips? You know, I, I'm was raised Christian and being in this Buddhist, I mean, I've always been interested in Buddhism and the Dalai Lama has always been one of my teachers. And I actually got to meet him, which was way cool in itself. That's another story. But I think what I, my spirituality is much more open than it used to be. I think the older I get, the more I'm more spiritual as opposed to religious. So I have a practice now of self-compassion and of being mindful, a mindfulness practice and of meditating. I'm not a regular like sit for an hour kind of meditator, but through the day, do some short meditations. And so it's a practice and, you know, you bring your gratitude and you, you pray for other people. And when you're praying for other people, it's actually you are part of the other people. We're all whole. We're all interconnected. So that's a little bit about my spiritual practice. Yeah. And I think too, like you said, like finding the happiness and like the mindfulness, like making yourself pause so that you can like mm-hmm. see the the little blips of it. Because I think there's some sort of, I don't know if it was programming for me growing up or if it's just like our culture, like the Instagram culture, like always got to be happy, always got to be having a good time. You know, when really it's, it's like the stepping stones, like moment to moment, like you're going about life and you get to hop from moment to moment in that. And just normalizing that there's nothing gone wrong if you're not living always at 100% happiness. But you're right, like stopping to take the pauses. So at least you can take those small drinks in of it. Because they're, I mean, even though those folks over in India that you hang out with, like they have a generally happy demeanor. Mm-hmm. If you like look at their life, like they don't have running water, right. they they use animal dung to heat places. Yes. Yep. Right? Like yes, exactly. They're they're bent over in the fields, you know, in the spring. It's rugged country. I mean, just surviving is a full-time job there. And here we are with, you know, I when you hang out in a place where people are just so happy where they are and where they are is dirt floors. They don't have running water. They don't have toilets that flush. You know, they have a pit that is, is made. It's like you come back and you're like, wow, look at all I have. And I'd like everyone to have that experience at least one time, you know, where you go somewhere and um, you're just covered in love for what you're bringing, but you're getting so much more. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I do when I go hiking and backpacking. 
Because, you know, like when you go backpacking, you, everything you have, you're carrying with you. Yep. And it does make the coming home sweeter, like the hot shower afterwards. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing to do after a long hike is a cold Pepsi. You will never <laughs> taste a better Pepsi than after you get off the trail type of thing. And, and you know, maybe that's the secret is like infiltrating our lives from, I don't want to say like that we all need to shave our heads and become Buddhist monks and, you know, move. But we do almost need to at time take those pauses and do that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's another thing is like taking that pause and being able to slow down and be with yourself. I mean, I had forgotten how to be with myself. I was just too busy, you know, and part of that busyness was me trying not to be with myself, ironically, but very unhappy in in just going, going, going. Yeah, because, you know, I always talk about like if work is your drug, then rest is your detox. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's learning to have those moments and. So one funny thing we do here at Team Wiseman is sometimes we don't watch basketball games because, you know, it's basketball season right now. We'll listen to them on the radio. And so like just changing it up enough, you know what I mean? Kind of makes it a fun and different experience. And so I think not that we have to like trick our brains, but we, we do have to say, okay, we're not in the hustle bustle. We're not in the fight or flight. Like we can be okay here. And I think, for me, at least initially, that was so difficult to do. Like, no, I have to keep going. What's my to-do list today? Right. And I feel like a lot of retiring physicians, if they haven't prepared well, they don't transition into retirement well. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're unhappy where you are, you're going to be unhappy when you stop. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be without, I mean, you're still a doctor. Don't ever lose that, but you're going to be without that identity of people telling you how wonderful you are, you know, and looking up to you just because you're a doctor. So that's a hard transition. I I totally agree with that. And, you know, some people do it better than others, but as far as happiness, I mean, I think it has to be a practice. And the reason why you, why mindfulness is so important is because like you said, we can grab those moments of happiness. I mean, just wherever we are, we can check in with ourselves and say, okay, am I like totally stressed right in this moment? Okay, let me take a deep breath. Okay, I can be happy. I mean, I have that power, but it takes a practice. And people get really frustrated because it's not like you do it once and then you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Because, right, as you know, we want to, do, to fix things, which is another conversation. You know, we want to fix everything. Yeah, because there really is no fixing. It's just like you said, like going with the flow, finding those happy moments, sometimes finding the happy in the middle of the suck, too. Oh, yeah. And I think reminding ourselves, like, at least I have to do this. Happiness is doesn't come externally. It's not in my Amazon shopping cart. It's not in the next new car or the deck I want to build in my house. Like it, it comes from within. Those things can maybe help facilitate it. But at the end of the day, you can have all the shit and have no happiness. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely, Erin. That's so important. And I think that's the example you've taught me through your travels is like, these folks have nothing. I mean, if you were really to like add up all of their worldly possessions, like it would Mm -hmm. be next to nothing. And yet they've cultivated a life of happiness. You know, I asked, I got to ask the Dalai Lama, you know, what should I tell my colleagues who are totally burned out and tired 
And his answer was, you know, I was hoping he'd give some special answer, Mm -hmm. but he said, train the mind. People, doctors need to train the mind. And the other thing is he, he did say more recently, he said, and this wasn't to me specifically, but he said that what the work we do is sacred. It's sacred work. And so those two things, you know, stick with me. And he also says to keep, keep doing this. And if the Dalai Lama looks at you and says, keep doing this. You better listen. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like, you must continue this work. It's kind of like, yeah, like don't get off the hook just because I'm retired or, you know, it's just. Well, uh, and don't you think it's like finding it in that sustainable and joy filled way? And if it's not that, then because I, I was just talking to somebody the other day that I had a huge identity shift when I stopped identifying as doctor and I started identifying as healer helper. Because I can be a healer and helper in a whole bunch of different ways. Doctor really does kind of like throw you into a certain lane, especially in Western medicine. But if I say, well, I'm a healer and helper, I can keep doing that to the end of the day. Mm. I mean, till I no longer have breath in my lungs. You know, I think of it as service. For me, that's the word that being of service, because being of service in an altruistic way, it feeds me. I mean, it's demonstrating my humbleness in the privilege of serving you. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense at all, it probably it doesn't. does. And a thought just popped in my head as you said that service without results. Because so many times, I literally just got on a meeting an hour before this where it was a clinic meeting, you know, of course, and they're looking at numbers and percentages of who got this and who didn't get that and, you know, da, 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 da. Maybe where the true happiness lies is just in the service, not in the outcome that comes from the service. Absolutely. That's what I'm speaking to. Yeah. And I think that's something that we have to almost kind of divorce our self-worth from is like, no, 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 you're doing good work. Let the bean counters worry about the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another topic too. <laughs> we have so many of them. Well, Dr. Robin, if someone is interested in learning more about your trip, is there somewhere that they can visit if if maybe they're thinking about something like this? Oh, and we would love to have volunteers. There's it's hands-on global. And if you go to handsonglobal.org. There's the particular project that I work with. This is a Zanskar project. They also go to Greece and they're actually, and this is just an organization that's just like a bunch of retired nurses that decided they needed to help. Mm-hmm. And um, they're looking at going to Poland now. Yeah. I know Doctors Without Borders is another one that people yeah. can get involved with. A lot of the national associations, like, you know, I'm part of AFP, American Family Physicians, You know, there's all these opportunities, maybe through, if not through a professional organization, through a faith-based organization or a social, you know, organization that's, but you're right. I think taking the time and, and getting away, I mean, there's stuff that we can do locally in our own communities and, and home. But I remember as a teenager, we traveled, I'm from a rural area, but we thought we were going really rural into like Appalachia area. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, you know, like, and, and doing it, like you said, from a place of altruism and of service and happiness, not a, we have to fix people type of thing. Yeah. And if people want to know more about you, where do you hang out online? Well, 
let's see. My website is Dr. Allie-Hay. And I always say like a bowling alley and a bale of hay. <laughs> I love that. I say, I say we is man. That's how you spell it. <laughs> That's so true. It is. And, you know, I have a blog there and I'm on social media too. It's Dr. Robin Alley Hay. And you guys probably have seen some of her stuff that's come across Kevin MD. You've had a lot of great articles that he's snatched up and published for you. So just Google Robin and I'll put all of the links in the show okay. notes. And I'm working on a book, Erin. I know. I I wondered if you were going to talk about it. <laughs> It'll be out the end of May is the tentative date. Oh right before God, I Robin. go to India. So That'll be amazing. Talk, tell I know about it, but tell everybody else a little bit about it because I know that I've given you encouragement on what yes, it could be yeah. like. Yeah. So it's basically, I'm calling it meditations for women physicians who do too much. And it's just my thoughts. You know, there's a lot of coaching in there. There's a lot of, it's like wisdom, love note is what it is. So for my colleagues. And do you have some Robin Sass in there? Yeah, there's always Robin Sass everywhere. Yeah. You guys, if you enjoy Aaron Sass, you will enjoy Robin Sass. <laughs> well, and when it comes out, let me know. And we'll shoot those links out in May as well. And maybe I'll do some giveaways as well, because I think it's going to be awesome. I know we've talked a little bit about it, and I'm excited to get it at my house so I can have it a little piece of Robin Sass whenever I'm feeling down. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. friend, if you think you're burned out, you probably are. But I've got some good news for you. Head on over to burntouttobadass.com where you can get a CME course. That's right. CME credits to get yourself out of a place of burnout and back to being a total and absolute badass. You'll go through 12 different modules. You'll get to chitty chat with me on the backside and have lots of fun exercises and thought work to do to help you move from a place of just surviving to absolute thriving. So far, we've had many physicians go through the program and they absolutely love it. One of those docs the other day even mentioned to me that she went back and recently did the report card exercise. And you know the wheel of life is in there. If you followed me for half a second, it's definitely one of my top exercises. But anyway, before I give all the details away, go over to burntouttobadass.com and check out the self-paced course same title, Burnt Out to Badass, and get you some CME hours today. Thanks again so much, Robin, for coming on the podcast, but more importantly, for showing up and being a great friend in my life. If you want to hear more from Robin, go click on her website, hang out with her on any of the socials. She's always more than happy to get emails in her email box. Let me tell you, she's always great with my answers. So with that, we're going to wrap this up. And I just want you to remember, I got your back in your life, your calling, your pulse matters.
heavy lids. One, two, 